And again, life comes at us so fast that we just want to get there. But there is a lot of value in slowing down and teaching those underlying skills because that's how they can use them independent of you. Welcome to the Transformative Parenting Podcast, mindset-based communication and leadership advice for highly capable, super smart parents. Because when you change the way you think about your kids, you actually change the way your kids think. I'm your host, Paula Kaywall. Let's dive in. Hello. And welcome to episode seven of the podcast. And if you guys have been enjoying this podcast, I would highly, highly, highly love it if you would go ahead and give it a five-star review. And, you know, if there's anything you'd like to say, or I'm going to be rolling out an email um, address here pretty quick. It's going to be uh, podcasts at Make Your Parenting Effective. Dot com, And you can go ahead and tell me uh, if there's anything you'd like me to cover on these podcasts in the future. Today's podcast, I want to talk about the non-transferable quality of relationships. And I want to start with the idea, the premise that we are in relationship with everything and everyone all of the time. We rarely examine our relationship to the things in our lives. People, yes, but things that affect us, the energy of things, rarely. And the relationship that we have with any given thing at any given time can determine our outcomes with that thing. And one thing that we cannot do, and that's what this podcast is all about for this episode, is we cannot give our wonderful relationship with something to someone else. We can't lend it to them. We can't give it to them. We can't gift it to them. And we really, really, really want to do that or try to do that with our kids. And so that is where this episode comes into play with a really interesting story of how I became aware of this pattern that I have. And I think a lot of parents have where you have an innate relationship with something, you have an innate skill and you don't know how to transfer that skill to your child. You don't know how to give it to them. You don't know how to break it down. You don't know how to bring the qualities. You're not even sure what the underlying qualities are because you haven't examined your own relationship with this thing. It's just kind of what you do. So the story starts with an absence of leadership in our um, household which led everything open to change and the natural result of which was to test boundaries and try to understand the new rules and the new playing field. So what I'm talking about is an experience in which my husband and I 
went away for the weekend. We took our youngest to uh, go complete a woodworking project with his grandfather. And since our two older children could not come, one was studying for finals and the other had to work, we left our dogs, Yen and Zelda, with the older kids for the weekend. When we came back, something rather unexpected happened, maybe not to people who um, have experienced this before, but it was unexpected to us. Yennefer, the younger dog, who is half German Shepherd and half Belgian Malinois, started behaving really differently. The older kids reported that she was sneaking into areas of the house she's never tried to go into prior, areas that she knows she is not allowed to go in. This curious behavior caused me to observe her pretty closely over the next few days. I mean, I was really wondering what was up, because it continued even after we got home. Over the next few days, things didn't immediately go back to normal. She tested many boundaries that had been set and solid and totally clear to her prior. I mean, she never even tried to test them before we had left. And that's when it hit me. Yen comes from two breeds of dogs, both of which require strong pack leaders, and it became apparent that while we were gone, she assessed herself against the leadership of our two older children and found them to be lacking. She then elevated herself into the leadership position and started to make a lot of poor choices, because this is what dogs do in a human environment if they're given that responsibility. It was interesting because when we returned, we had to reaffirm our position in the pack. That's why it didn't go back to normal instantly. Once she was sure of her position and the rules and the boundaries, everything just clicked right back into place. I was thinking, wow, can't leave her with anyone who can't convince her that they are a pack leader. And that got me really concerned because it's, you know, kind of narrows my options as to who I can leave my dog with if we go on a trip. But that's an aside. What it really got me to think about was how the kids and I interact with her and why she elevated herself to begin with. And that, my friends, is when I saw my own big, huge ass mistakes. So here's how all of this occurred. When the kids give her commands, or when they would give her commands in the past, and she didn't respond, I would follow up and make her comply. Without me there to do that, she took the lead. I never insisted that the kids make her comply themselves with body language and pressure, and therefore she only viewed them as pack leaders as a proxy to or an extension of me. And when my presence was there to reinforce the structure and add that pressure of compliance, she'd do what they said. When I wasn't there to reaffirm the pack structure or order, she engaged in what dogs do. She started to work it out with them directly. The result of this experiment allowed for the questioning of and the restructuring of her boundaries. When I was training Yennefer, I made a classic mistake that I have made over and over again as a parent and that many, many, many parents make. 
I was so focused on the result of her behavior being reinforced that I didn't give the tools needed to my kids to do the reinforcing for themselves. And so they didn't have those tools available when they actually had to use them. This is in part because I had taken sole responsibility for her training in an agreement with my husband when we adopted her. And so in my head, I needed to make that happen. But dog training doesn't work like that. When you have a dog, you are in a relationship with your dog and with a pack structure that your dog uses to interpret and understand experience. And each member of that pack is in relationship with your dog as well. And those members are personally responsible for that relationship, which is why a dog trainer can't do anything for you. If you can't manage your relationship with your own dog, your dog trainer has to coach you more than they actually coach the dog. They may teach a dog a method of training. They may make an association for the dog, but they have to train you to communicate that over and over and over again, because you, my friend, will be the weak link. And so here's what I'm talking about is the cultivating relationships and our children cultivating their own relationship with things is something we rarely think about, but it is oftentimes the problem when they're struggling with something and we are trying to teach it to them. Oftentimes the problem is they have a relationship with this thing that isn't like what we have. And that's the bridge where, that's the, that's the gap we're trying to get over. That's what we're trying to bridge. So to continue with the story, um, each pack member is responsible for their own relationship with the dog. And I can guide my dog toward a behavior with my kids, but it'll be up to my kids to enforce those rules and boundaries in order to earn my dog's respect. I didn't require my kids to use that muscle much. I showed and demonstrated I used the muscle constantly, but I didn't make them use it. I did it for them, so it's not surprising that the habit was not there to support them when I wasn't around. I corrected the dog's behavior instead of putting pressure on my kids to correct the dog's behavior and making them learn the skill and create a habit of interaction with Yen that told her loud and clear they are pack leaders. As parents, it is really easy to get focused on results and ignore the underlying foundation skills, you know, needed to produce those results and take the time to go deep not surface level, but deep to teach and then require the use of those skills over the result produced. Because this means we have to slow down to speed up. And again, life comes at us so fast that we just want to get there. But there is a lot of value in slowing down and teaching those underlying skills because that's how They can use them independent of you. One of these things creates dependence and the other gives your child the wheel. The more awareness we can develop and goals we can create around handing our children the wheel, the better they function without us. And if we're thinking about what our real goals as parents are, 
It's to create an independent, functioning person who can live and be successful in the world without us. That really is our job. So what did I do to fix this? Well, once I understood what had happened, I called a family meeting. I explained to the kids my mistake, how Yen was perceiving them and her relationship with them, and how they now needed to create their own relationship with her, where she would respect them and view them as pack leaders instead of, you know, members on her level with the pack. We talked about why this was important for her safety and for her to make sense of the world around her. It isn't just respect, but if she doesn't listen to them in a situation in which they need her to, it can be dangerous for her. And it makes her feel less secure. She doesn't know how to order and structure herself around them. We talked about how this is actually a form of love and affection that she needs from us. She can't understand her world and be successful in it without this. And so then we went to work. Instead of correcting Yen whenever I saw them slip, I'd have them reinforce the behavior, and it all changed very quickly. The kids feel far more confident with her now, and she has become so much more calm and settled as a result of digging in and backing up and slowing down Boundaries and structure are a form of love and compassion. It's a gift that we can give those around us, not only ourselves, but our children, our dogs as well. But the real lesson here to us as parents is that we can't transfer our relationship with something to our children, whether it's school, learning, sports, dogs, people, or even with themselves. Self-management, goal-setting, all of that is a form of relationship, and they have to create those relationships themselves. And this is an endless source of frustration for parents because no one tells you how important this is or how to do it at all. And we have no clue how we built those relationships ourselves and can't even begin to break down what's important and how to recreate those relationships for our kids. In our fast-moving world of constant distractions, we need help to go deep and understand how this works because it is ultimately so much more vitally important to focus on our efforts, on the how of interaction, than it is on the what of interaction, so that our children get the tools needed to manage their relationships with the world around them. And this is the soft side of parenting. This is the reason that you're struggling to figure things out. This is why you can be super smart and highly capable and still have no idea what to do because so much of our lives we have associated success with the hard driving characteristics of just getting shit done 
the constant motion of getting on to the next task and again and again and rinse and repeat. And I can tell you that is how I achieved a lot of my success for much of my life. It's how I got through school, earned my bachelor degree, launched an unknown music group to the top of a competitive industry and on and on and on. But as I've actually obtained a measure of success as a creator, which is very different energy, I've come to understand that my energy, drive, and strategy will only get me so far. Not to mention that it was largely unfulfilling, unsatisfying, incapable of satiating me, and exhausting. I found I get much further with much less effort and a great deal more satisfaction by focusing on these softer sides of success, the energy of my efforts, the way in which I support myself, the mindsets I employ, and the ways in which I choose to navigate the tasks in front of me end up being more important than getting there. And these are the kinds of mindsets that can help us develop that relationship muscle, develop a relationship with things or craft an intentional relationship with something. You can enter a relationship with something new. Um, I can give you an example of when I launched this podcast, for example. That is something I had to craft a relationship with. I had to craft a creating relationship with it. I had to create time every day in my world for the process of writing and recording. Then when I started releasing podcasts, I had to create a relationship of who I was going to be as a podcast went out into the world so that I didn't develop some bad habits of following the podcast around and seeing what it was doing and adventuring with my energy out there with the podcast and wandering around and not being centered and grounded in myself. These are the kinds of things that really, really lead to self-mastery. And it sounds very counterintuitive because we think it's all about focusing on the end result to get the end result. And I'm here to tell you that that is a very false assumption and that I have done the most amazing thing that I've ever done by doing almost completely the opposite with my focus and my attention. And these are things that over time I'm going to share with you. But the point of this podcast is that relationships are non-transferable and that we have to craft them with everything we interact with ourselves and so do our kids. And so the better we get at consciously crafting our own relationships with the things in our lives, the more we can transfer those tools to our children so that they can become masters of whatever they are in relationship with in their lives. If you like this episode, please subscribe. Please give it a five-star review. And I will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Transformative Parenting Podcast. If you'd like to go deeper than you've ever gone to become the leader your child needs, head on over to www. 
makeyourparentingeffective.com to learn how.